It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Washington football team, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We're locked on the Washington football team with the Locked On Washington football team podcast brought to you today by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliable, low price, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell them Locked On sent you. I am David Harrison, joined as always by Chris Russell. Welcome all our returning and our new listeners to today's episode. If you haven't already, please subscribe or follow the, the podcast, rate and review the show as well. It'll help other fans of the team find us just like you did. When Chris and I are not here, you can find Chris at the Team 980, 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern Time, Monday through Friday with Pete Methurst and on the Odyssey app. Also find Chris covering the team in writing for SI.com and on Twitter at WrestleMania621. Find me on Twitter at DHarrison82. Find the show at LockedWFTPod. Chris, it's hump day, Wednesday, the middle of the week, the middle of our week as well, and we've got more observations coming from Washington football team's OTAs on Wednesday coming from, we've got some audio coming up from Jack Del Rio mm-hmm. and Ron Rivera, but you've also got some, uh, some observations yourself from uh, the day's practice. Yeah, but David, I guess we'll start off with, you know, what's going to grab the most headlines as opposed to football, and it always does. And and that was Chase Young was not there again for a second consecutive week. Uh, And also uh, on Wednesday, Jonathan Allen uh, was not there as well. He was there last week. So I would ask you, with almost every other person on the on the roster being there, uh, you know, 87 plus guys. Is it a big deal or no big deal to you that Chase Young specifically, who again has missed last week and this week, Jonathan Allen just this week so far, is it a big deal that these guys aren't there, especially Chase? I don't know if it's a huge deal just because, you know, you're not talking about introducing new uh, defensive schemes and a new defensive coordinator and, and, and all that stuff. Like they, they're kind of familiar with each other. For the most part, the, the, the main nucleus of your pass rush and your defensive front are the same guys. Because you would like to see them kind of be there and help get Jamin Davis, you know, uh, ingrained in the, in the system. And, the, and being a team captain, Ron Rivera kind of talked about that. You kind of want to see them there to kind of get the troops motivated and all that stuff. But it's not a requirement, it's voluntary for a reason. So, you know, I have a hard time chastising people when they don't do things that are voluntary. It's I probably put it like a six out of 10. You know what I mean? Yeah. On, on my scale. I, I think that's fair. I mean, I, you know, I think it's it's more a, a nuisance and more annoying than anything. These guys have plenty of time off in the offseason. I understand that a lot of them like to train at their own individual uh, trainings, you know, it, it's also dangerous, as we've seen around the league, that if you're not hurt at the team facility, Uh, and you get hurt training on your own or doing whatever it is on your own, a team does not have to pay you. So always remember that uh, as an incentive and a motivation. Again, not a huge deal. It is something, uh, especially I think with Chase more than Jonathan Allen, even though both are considered the defensive leaders. All right, 
Uh, also, we found out for sure on Wednesday, uh, as we suspected, that Jamin Davis is going to be the Mike linebacker, or at least that's the plan right now. Uh, why don't we hear from Jack Del Rio and Ron Rivera, their thoughts. They were asked about uh, Jamin Davis, his development, and again, his future moving forward at the mic. Hey, Jack. The first round pick obviously used on, on a defensive player this year. What kind of pride do you take when you're molding a young player, a young hungry player like Jamin Davis? And what have you seen out of him so far? Well, you know, obviously you want to do all you can to help him develop. I think it starts with that person being, you know, somebody that's made of the right, the right stuff. And, and, and he certainly appears to be that. Uh, much like Chase, he's been all business. You know, when Chase got here last year, he was all business. And that's that's what we're seeing out of Jamin. So, uh, you know, want him to just dig in and get to work and um, understand how he how he fits and, and how he can find his way and how he can develop. And he's learning the system. He's giving great effort every day, and you know, he's been a good teammate. So, those are all real positive signs to get started. Thank you. You bet. To, to the point of not having it all figured out. Obviously, this is all new for for Jamin Davis. And I guess Ron mentioned he could play multiple spots at linebacker, but it looks like you guys have used him a lot so far here in the middle. Is that just sort of getting letting him kind of get used to one spot, or is this kind of getting for you even a sense of what he can actually do in this particular spot? Yeah, that's just where he's starting. Uh, we'll we'll work him from there. You know, like coach can talk about as much as he'd like. I, I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about what we're doing with certain people. Uh, I. I think Jamin's a really good football player. Uh, he's he's part. He's in the mix there uh, to be a big contributor, and um, you know we think he's going to be a fine football player for us. But he's got a lot of work to do, and uh, and that's kind of the theme of what I'm saying to you all today. I mean, it's uh, because that's how I feel. We have uh, a lot of work to do, and uh, we're just getting started. You know, um, we've got one more week. Uh, of, of, of minicamp and uh, you know we need to finish strong with with this initial installation of, of all that we do with regards to uh, Jamin Davis it's second OTA third session with the, with the coaching staff including the rookie camp what do, what are you kind of seeing that he's uh, building one session on top of the other where, where are you kind of seeing some potential growth from him just over these uh, few weeks well the first thing is and, and you guys uh, I think you guys know we, we started him out at the mic position um, giving him an opportunity to see if he can handle the middle linebacker responsibilities. Uh, and he's taking that. He's calling the huddles right now. He's setting the fronts for us. He's helping with the checks. Uh, so he's learning that part. Every practice seems to be an improvement for him as far as, you know, that part of it. Um, his physical attributes, uh, his physical talents, um, is now it's honing him and getting him to understand uh, how to read his keys, how to react on his keys. Uh, how to react, uh, you know, to what our opponents are trying to do. You know, in practice, he's, he's reading our offensive line. He's looking at the blocking schemes, and he's trying to fit his his, his run gaps. Uh, in coverage, he's, he's trying to understand and get a good feel for where his drops are in zone coverages. Uh, how does he match his coverages? And, and man coverage is about his, his techniques and understanding which sides are his leverage side. So he's done a nice job. You do see the improvement every day, and it's exciting to watch the growth. That, that, that's one thing that I'm, I'm very pleased with. Chris, real quick, uh, the only thing I really wanted to say from this, and I like the fact that they're starting him off as the Mike linebacker, uh, and you hear Jack, you know, we'll see if that's where he stays. 
But regardless, making the calls, running the huddles, setting the adjustments, setting the defensive front, he is learning the entirety of the defense right now by being the mic. So even if he gets shifted over to, say, weak side, he's going to have that experience, and that's going to help him so much even if he doesn't stick at the Mike linebacker position for this rookie year. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Uh, that's why I was kind of disappointed initially when Jack told the team website that he was going to start outside and obviously that quickly flipped. So good plan. Even if, like you said, he goes to weak side or wherever uh, he'll, he'll know it and he can replace John Bostic if they flip those two back and John Bostic still has a starting role. Uh, we presume uh, if, uh, if things hold up based on the way what I've seen and what others have seen at OTAs. All right. This is the locked on Washington football team podcast along with david harrison i'm chris russell good to have you with us coming up part two of our interview with former nfl general manager randy mueller who wrote a column about jaron christian morgan moses and washington giving up uh, too early on them we'll examine the rest of the team and as well some nfl issues who doesn't want instant gratification if you're looking for satisfaction there's no need to wait with credit karma money you could win cash reimbursements for debit purchases. Credit Karma Money is a brand new checking account where you can win cash reimbursements for making these purchases when you use your Credit Karma Money debit card. You can win daily instant karma purchase reimbursements on items up to $5,000. Just pay with your debit card and if you win, you'll be notified on the spot and your instant karma cash will be added back to your spend account. Credit Karma Money has already given away over $3 million in Instant Karma to over 50,000 Credit uh, Credit Karma members and counting. So right now, what David and I want you to do is visit creditkarma.com slash winmoney to open your free account and start winning Instant Karma. Go to creditkarma.com slash winmoney to sign up for free and start winning Instant Karma. That's creditkarma.com slash win money. Instant Karma is sponsored by Credit Karma. No purchase necessary or exclusions in terms apply. See rules, banking services provided by MVB Bank Incorporated member, FDIC maximum balance, and transfer limits apply. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, along with David Harrison, I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you with us. This is the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. You can always follow the podcast on Twitter at LockedWFTPod. Part 2 of our conversation with former NFL executive of the year, longtime NFL GM with the uh, Miami Dolphins, the New Orleans Saints, also a personnel executive with the Seattle Seahawks, Randy Mueller. We had part one on the last episode. If you missed that, that focused on the two offensive linemen the Washington football team recently got rid of. Now the rest of the story. But you have said that you also like a lot of the moves that Ron is doing there in Washington and some of that culture change. One of those things is not being so fixated on bringing in a young quarterback immediately right now to fill that spot instead trying to focus on building the team around the quarterback position and then eventually find 
the quarterback of the future, quote unquote, uh, to install there. And we've seen other teams kind of take a different approach to it. I uh, look at the New York Jets bringing in Sam Darnold before they really had a strong, you know, roster around the quarterback position. Now moving on from him, bringing in another rookie quarterback, and they still don't really have the strongest roster on paper anyway to put around him. Of course, we'll see what happens on the field. What are your thoughts on that kind of debate about, you know, you have to have that young star quarterback to start building your team, or do you think building the team the way that Ron Rivera is doing now and then installing the quarterback later is the best way to go, or is it kind of a, a feel thing given that, you know, uh, Ron has also done the same thing with Cam Newton in Carolina that he's referenced as well, where he brought in the young quarterback, eventually built the team, and ended up in the Super Bowl? Yeah, I think you bring up some good points. I think in an ideal situation, you'd love to have solved the quarterback issue, but I do think this is a case where – it's all about timing, right? You can't force the issue. I think the Reds, the Washington football team are going to be in every quarterback discussion for the next six months, maybe 18 months. Who knows? I think they're looking every day. I don't think the fact that they haven't found their guy now means that they're okay with Ryan Fitzpatrick or Kyle Allen or anybody else they have. I think they're always going to be grinding to find that guy. It just didn't happen. The, the music stopped and all the chairs were filled. And I think rather than force it somewhere to go overspend to try to create a quarterback out of thin air, I think they've elected to go this route for now. That may change in six weeks. That may change in, you know, uh, who knows how long. If, if Ryan Fitzpatrick were to get nicked or something, I'm not sure they have a guy on their team now. And that's just my opinion that can actually go win games for them in the NFL. So I think they're, they will always be looking. And I think that's a good idea. And Hey, that's what, uh, you know, uh, the front office should be doing and that should be their frame of mind 24 seven is trying to trying to locate their future quarterback. The fact that they haven't done it just takes a little patience. It's again, everybody wants to build teams on paper and they want it to happen right now. And I, in the real world of the NFL, it's just not the way it falls. You got to pick your spots. You got to find good players when you can. And as we all know, finding a quarterback is hard and I think they'll eventually get it. It may take them a year or two still. It's, hey, I went 30 years in the league looking for a Peyton Manning and never found one. So that's <laughs> the way it is. It's, you can't create them out of thin air. Yeah, they don't, they don't fall off of trees very oh. often, Randy. Uh, Randy Mueller is uh, nice enough to join us, longtime NFL general manager. Uh, and, uh, you know, uh, of course, as we discussed, uh, wrote a, an article on uh, on Morgan Moses and Jerry and Christian, but now we bounce around uh, the league and obviously the quarterback situation. So w off of David's question and off of what you just answered, if you're always looking for the quarterback – and that is true. Like if you have all these situations of Russell Wilson, maybe not being happy in Seattle, Aaron Rodgers clearly not being happy in green Bay and maybe, and, and definitely Deshaun Watson not being happy in Houston as a GM, are you just making calls every day, every week? Are you trying to bang down these doors? Are you trying to sweeten the pot to get one of these teams who say they don't want to talk and trade their quarterback? What do you, what, I, I guess, what's the mentality when you desire, something and need something yet the other <laughs> side doesn't seem to be willing to tango that sounds like desperation yeah, <laughs> i think exactly. in any state yeah i mean hey I, i'll be honest when i when i was running the seahawks paul allen was our owner he came in one day early in his you know ownership days there and said hey get us in the middle of every deal he said, I want to discuss every deal we can. Um, we may not make it at the end of the day. We can always say no if it's crazy, but communicate with as many people as you can and get us in the middle of all deals. He wanted to gather information, right? And I think that's what 
they have to do in Washington now. They have to gather information all the time. And that's what I was saying in any of these deals, whether it's Deshaun Watson, whether it's Aaron Rodgers, whether it's Russell Wilson, they got to be in the middle of all these deals. And that doesn't mean you have to roll over and give them any crazy amount of compensation that may be on the books or even considered. That's not it at all. But you have to be in these deals early to make them. You've got to be able to discuss them all the time internally. You've got to bounce these things off. That's why, Ron, I think it's great that he's brought in a, a Martin Mayhew and some of these other guys. They can bounce things off each other every day while Ron is coaching the team. So I think that'll be the charge of the front office from here on is to continue to grind on these quarterbacks, try to find one that's an upgrade that, hey, maybe if we get this guy the week before preseason, we can actually still get him in there and get him some time. Uh, I think that's – a team that needs quarterbacks, uh, I think preseason is giant for them. They've got to continue to, to, to show um, that they're headed in, in, in some development, give their team some hope uh, direction. That may not be realistic, but that's what you got to think of. you got to keep giving your team hope. And, hey, I think the guys in the locker room are looking for that hope as well. Not that they have anything against Ryan Fitzpatrick. We know what he can do, but we all know he's not you know young and, and going to be around for years either. Absolutely. And Randy, I want to get your, your, your thoughts on social media. Uh, you've, you've been, you've been part of the NFL front office scene since before social media was as dominant as it now. And you continued your journey through the rise of social media now. And we see some of these demands and, and these disgruntled players kind of voicing their, their frustrations on social media, the reports coming out. Uh, I mean, you go through the latest Aaron Rodgers uh, development and, you know, years past before social media, the Adam Schefter report probably wouldn't have been, you know, breaking news, interrupt draft coverage worthy, but he sends the tweet, it blows up, it causes all kinds of stir, and now all of a sudden we're talking about it during draft coverage. Um, how do you kind of feel like social media's impact is? Has it been a positive or a negative? And then coming from a front office standpoint, how important is player uh, social media activity in the pers- in the uh, evaluation department and scouting department? Well, I think all of it adds up, that's for sure. It's a way that team teams now have to, to deal with the, the players and the other uh parts of their organization communicating. I think GMs nowadays have to be more than ever before, uh, kind of the face of your team and the manager of the communication department, really. You've got to know what these messages, what teams, what players are sending out, what teams are sending out. You've definitely got to monitor a whole nother set of, you know, circumstances that we never had to, frankly, even worry about in the 80s and 90s and even the early 2000s. So I'm not against it. I think it's a it's a tool. I think there's perception, though, and there's reality. And as a GM, you've got to always kind of know and have confidence that the information that you're gathering, that the communicating that you're doing face-to-face is what you rely on to make decisions. I think the perception of social media and the messaging that's out there isn't always true. And, and that's just the victim of where we're at now, right? The hot takes and everybody looking for this or that or, or, or grinding their own agendas. I always used to, and this worked in the early days too, is you, you have to consider the agenda of the source. That's the big thing for me, and that hasn't changed with social media. You have to consider the agenda of the source, and that comes from a media standpoint and from a player standpoint and staff standpoint within your own building. You just have to consider the the, the agenda that they're trying to serve. It doesn't mean it's right or wrong or you're, you're faulting anybody, but I just think it helps you understand better and helps you separate reality from perception if you understand the agenda, what, what they're trying to accomplish. 
Randy Mueller with us, longtime NFL GM. It's Mueller Football Advising. You can check it out. MuellerFootball.com does a tremendous job covering the league and uh, all sorts of different services uh, that you can get a hold of. Uh, Randy, I just wanted to ask you about a couple of your former teams. You mentioned the Seahawks, obviously, with Russell Wilson. How do you think that's going to play out? But then also Miami and New Orleans. I mean, Drew Brees retires. And now you have this uh, Jameis Winston, Taysom Hill dance, and who knows how that's going to play out. And then Miami with Tua. Uh, If you can give us maybe a a little thumbnail, if you will, on your thoughts on those teams that you were involved in. Well, definitely three hotbeds of of, uh, information that's trickling in and out of those cities for sure. And and big issues, big question marks, right? I mean, Drew Brees has had a pretty good run for, what, 15 years now. So obviously there's a changing of the guard there. I think in that case in New Orleans, Sean Payton is – nobody wants Drew Brees to go. Don't get me wrong. But I think he's licking his chops as what he can do with Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. I really think the – test tube the scientist the mad scientist that that he is 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 going to figure out a way offensively to really do some things that that really drew couldn't even do right he's got winston now with a bigger arm a, a, a more diverse passing game per se if he can dial it in and the things that he can do in the running game with Taysom hill i think he's looking forward to that in miami it's simple right they've got to find a way to get to it to the next level he, he didn't really show a lot of spurts of that last year, so they've got to get his confidence level up. I think he had some success early on uh, last year, and it, he never was able to build off it, right? And the, the big issue for me is how to, can he function from the pocket? That's the biggest issue they have in Miami is getting to, a, to function from the pocket because in this league, defensive coaches are really good. They end up making you stay in the pocket and you've got to be able to beat them from the pocket. And I think that's the, the big question in Miami is can, can do a, to a win from the pocket in, in Miami. And you mentioned the Seattle deal, the Russell Wilson deal. Um, that's been ongoing all off season. I don't think anything's going to change there. I don't know that in the long term, though, that there's still not some smoke, uh, you know, around the fire there. I don't think it's going to happen this year, but I could see if they found a way or a different direction at quarterback that they might be able to facilitate and help Russell Wilson if that's what he truly wants to do is move on. I just think they would get you know, he's 33 years old, so there's a way that they could really manage that situation to get through maybe this year, maybe even one more before they moved on. I, I just don't – I get the sense that that has been tabled for now, but it may come up again down the road with his regard to his future being long-term in Seattle. You know, while we're always searching for a quarterback, we're not searching for any storylines, right? Yeah. <laughs> this has got to be – I mean, this is about the wild, wild west, right, when it comes right. to all of these quarterback situations. Uh, and we really appreciate your – uh, you, you know, your, your knowledge, obviously, your background, your opinions, and, and your analysis because – you know, David and I can try and figure all this out, but you've been in the war rooms, you know, you, you understand what it's like to deal with some of this stuff. And again, like David asked you, you know, you're dealing with even more nowadays, yeah. you know, with the, with the advent of social media. So uh, we really appreciate you joining us and, 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 and lending your expertise. Uh, it's great to get a chance to talk to you and, uh, um, and, and, and we really appreciate your time and your perspective. My pleasure. Great to be on with you guys. Anytime. Don't hesitate to reach out. Give our friends over at Built Bar a try. The best tasting protein bar you're ever gonna have. They're a protein bar that tastes like a candy bar. And if you've ever met anybody who's had Built Bars, 
if you meet a Built Bar fan like myself, like Chris, we're very passionate about our favorites from their nine standard flavors. My favorite, mint brownie. Chris's favorite, peanut butter brownie. If you've been listening to the show, you already know that. But if you don't know those other flavors, they've also got coconut. Coconut, almond, cherry, raspberry, double chocolate, and salted caramel. So no matter what your taste is, there's going to be something for you. If you don't know what you want, order a mixed box. You get two of each of those nine flavors. You can figure out what you like, what you like a little bit less, and then go from there. Not only are Built Bars, Built Bar flavors the best tasting protein bars, but they're also healthy. Most of the bars have 17 grams of protein with just 130 calories, four grams of sugar, and only four grams of net carbs. Order today, get your raspberry, your mint brownie, your mix box, whatever you want. Go to BuiltBar.com, use the promo code LOCK15, and you'll get 15% off your first order. Again, that's promo code LOCK15 at BuiltBar.com for 15% off the best tasting protein bar you will ever try. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Wrapping up today's episode of the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at dharrison 82 at russellmania 621 Find the show at Pod. Chris, a lot of information coming out. Um, during this week, even though it's a short week of episodes, we've had a lot to talk about. We've got a little bit more to talk about with one of our listeners who left a voicemail recently. Hey guys, it's me, Tyler from Carroll County calling in again. So my first time calling in, uh, I did end up hearing my voice in the podcast, funny enough. Um, but uh, it was about Ryan Fitzpatrick. And you, you guys were bringing up Kyle Allen. I Honestly, like, I know that nothing's set in stone with this roster, but I don't think after the performance that Heineke was, gave last year that they're going to give Kyle another shot. I really don't see it unless Heineke gets hurt. I, I don't know. Maybe that's just me, but I think that Heineke should be given the chance to start. But it's not just Patrick, so I guess it is what it is, but I guess my real question would be, why do you think Kyle Allen is above Taylor Heineke in the roster? Just because he knows the system or, I mean, I don't know. But uh, what we saw out of Heineke and what we saw out of Allen, two very different, at least looked like very, very different players. So I feel like it is slightly set more in stone than a lot of people think. So that's it. I probably ran this way too long, but either way. Hopefully I hear it again. <laughs> well, you're hearing it again. I uh, appreciate the uh, question. It's a, it's a good one. Uh, David, real quickly, I'll say this. I, I, I think Kyle Allen is ahead of Taylor Heineke um, in, in the coach's mind because he's got more NFL experience, quite honestly. I mean, even though Heineke has bounced around to a couple of teams and been in the league longer – 
Kyle Allen got to play what the final 12, 13 games or whatever it was in Ron's final year and got a lot more experience than quite honestly, Taylor Heineke has. The other thing is I think Kyle Allen has a slightly better throwing arm in terms of uh, more velocity, uh, you know, just a little bit more pop in the arm. So that's a big thing. Even though Heineke played better against Tampa Bay than Kyle Allen played in any one particular game that we got to see. Yeah. I think, I think you're dead on right there. And, And I mean, no disrespect to, Taylor Heineke, you know, but the the thing that coaches uh, and coaching staff have to kind of combat and be aware of that fans really don't have to be uh, is recency bias. You know what I mean? And most recently, you saw Taylor Heineke running around the field, making some plays, keeping the team in it against the eventual Super Bowl champion. So it makes sense why, as a fan of the team, you would say, man, maybe this Taylor Heineke kid is a real deal. And then he gets the new contracts. You're like, oh, man, maybe the team really thinks he's a real deal. In reality, it's just, there's some potential there. There's some ability, some talent. They obviously like what he did on the field, in the meeting rooms, in the locker room. So you want to give the kid a chance to compete, be on the roster, you know, develop even more. But Kyle Allen has has a much longer NFL resume. Uh, really, Taylor Heineken, I mean, again, 137 yards in the regular season, one touchdown, no interceptions. Uh, a lot better than I'm ever going to do on an NFL field. But you look at guys like Kyle Allen, like Ryan Fitzpatrick, they have just a much longer resume much more of a of an nfl pedigree so that's the reason you don't see taylor heineke maybe getting as much love from the actual franchise and the coaching staff as maybe the fan base is giving him is because of those and ron rivera being being a defensive guy is going to understand this the buccaneers were missing vita vea and devin white Mm -hmm. up the middle those are two crucial crucial members of that defense and be quite honest with you with Vita Vea getting early uh, penetration up the middle the way that he, he does, with Devin White taking advantage of, of taking good angles and his speed and athleticism, Taylor Heineke doesn't have the night he has uh, against Tampa Bay Buccaneers defense if those two guys are there. Again, not to take away from what he did do because there's still plenty of talent on that defense that he went up against, but you didn't see that. You saw that defense at about 70% of their capability versus 100%. So again, all those things kind of married together if Taylor comes into camp in preseason and absolutely blows the roof off of things and and just, you know, looks like the next I don't even know, Patrick Mahomes, then he'll he'll get like if if he basically gives the coaches have no reason not to start him, he'll start. History though says that that's probably not going to happen. Yeah. I would just quickly add this before we run out of time here, uh, that Heineke, not only the point that you've made, which we've made before, uh, about what the Buccaneers had, did not have. And again, it was still an impressive performance, but Heineke has added about 15 pounds of solid weight and muscle is what he told us on Wednesday morning after the practice. And we'll get to a quick practice note on him in a sec, 15 pounds. So he's definitely, I mean, I saw a close-up shot of his biceps. There is no doubt that he is more cut. That is one of the things he wanted to accomplish this off season was getting stronger, getting thicker, getting bulkier without necessarily getting slower. So he's done at least right now, what he accomplished, or what he wanted to accomplish because he gets hurt a lot. And that was another thing as to why Kyle Allen was originally ahead of Taylor Heineke. And I know, as it turned out, Kyle Allen got hurt two different times uh, here in Washington. And just a quick, uh, again, note, uh, Heineke did participate in individuals uh, and unit drills on Wednesday. He did not do in team drills. Why, David? Because, well, he got hit by friendly fire, an elbow to the mush last uh, practice uh, that caused a seven-stitch wound and a broken or chipped tooth, in his words, 
Uh, yeah. So he couldn't wear a helmet and he had a bandage over, uh, I think it was part of his forehead. So there's the story with that. Uh, so again, that was an opportunity for Kyle Allen to get uh, some more work in. And also just one other uh, quick note that I wanted to pass along, uh, Antonio Gandy-Golden, a guy we've talked about quite a bit on this show and how he fits in moving forward at the wide receiver group. Uh, unless I missed one, he had two separate touchdown catches, granted, in the practice session, and granted, it's just practice, but two separate practice uh, touchdowns, one from Fitzpatrick and one uh, from Kyle Allen. So that was really good to see. All right, get more of the sports news you need in less time with the Locked On Today podcast. Follow the Locked On Today podcast on the Odyssey app where you can listen to the Locked On Washington football team podcast or wherever you get your favorite podcast. If you have a question or a topic that you want us to discuss, please keep calling in. Please keep submitting your thoughts. Uh, send them into uh, the voicemail line, which you've heard a lot of over the last couple of weeks, 301-615-3577. That's 301-615-3577. We need you to participate along. Or if you want to email us, lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's lockedwftpod at gmail.com. That's going to do it for us on today's edition of the Locked on Washington football team podcast for David Harrison. I'm Chris Russell. Thanks to you for listening, sharing, subscribing, downloading, doing the thing to keep us running. This is the Locked On Washington Football Team Podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On Podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.